Hello, listeners. Welcome to something a little different. Uh, it's really this is really neither a TSR or a mouse drape. We're gonna dump this into both feeds. It's a combo show. It is a combo show. Like Disney owning Star Wars. Uh huh. Mostly. And then building a Star Wars land. Mo- yeah, mostly because this fits both of those shows really well, and uh, the reason that is is uh, we were at Galaxy's Edge. Yay, we were! Galaxy's Edge out here at uh, Walt Disney World at Hollywood Studios. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get an invite uh, from our friend and uh, WDI... Um, uh, WDI... Uh, employee. Er, I mean, employee. <laughs> Employee uh, Cat, Andrew. I'm sorry, cast member. Cast member Andrew. Who's also a member of the Tashi Station Patreon Slack. Mm-hmm, Patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Uh, and he's also uh, working on Galaxy's Edge at uh, Hollywood Studios. Yes. Uh, so we were fortunate enough to get an invite from him to uh, go take a look and preview uh, Galaxy's Edge out here. And Before. nothing will ever be the same. Nope. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, I was very deliberately not hyping myself up for Galaxy's Edge. I did not watch a lot of videos. I didn't read a lot of articles. I mean, I read some articles just, like, to see, like, what shops were going to be there and stuff. But, like, I didn't read a lot of firsthand accounts other than what I saw from people on Twitter. Um, I was very much trying not to hype myself up because I didn't want to be potentially let down like we had our talk about flight of passage a few months ago and was it oh no that was like a year ago Mm -hmm. man (laughs) wow okay time flies uh and i was blown away by that ride i think mostly because i didn't know anything about it i didn't know what to expect so i didn't want to Do the fan thing where we build ourselves up and then nothing can meet the expectations. Uh, But once I got inside the land, I knew pretty quickly that it was uh, going to definitely meet my expectations and pass them. And I just, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so we got, we got there Sunday, uh, we got to Hollywood Studios about 8.30, we had to wait <laughs> until about 10 o'clock, yep. uh, before we were let in. According to, to my timestamp on my selfie, the pre-selfie that I took of us, it was 9.56. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so it, over at Hollywood Studios, I'm not sure what it's like at Disneyland, but at Studios, uh, the entrance that they brought us in through uh is by um Muppet Square. Yes. And next to the I think uh, it's called Grand Avenue is what it's Grand called. Grand Avenue. And I I don't know where it is in Disneyland, but I know they have the same type of entrance. Where if if you've been to Hollywood Studios recently, you'll know there's like sort of like an archway type thing. That leads into Galaxy's Edge, and it had a, you know, a sign on it, Galaxy's Edge coming this summer, blah, 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 blah. And people would take pictures in front of it and everything. And um, I, they had the same type of entrance in California, I believe. Um, but that was where they were funneling everyone through. There is another entrance to the land, um, but I don't know if they're going to funnel people through that area um i'm not sure how exactly that entrance will go but this is like the grand entrance they want you to take because it is very much like um if you've been to diagon alley at universal orlando um you have to kind of walk through not you know you can't actually go through the wall everyone but they make it so you have to kind of go through this wall and then you're in diagon alley um and they did a very similar thing where you go through this tunnel uh it curves around so you can't see anything until you curve around and then there is you have entered batu and it is pretty amazing (laughs) it's it's like stepping into a portal 
<laughs> and into, I mean, a yeah. lol, another world. <laughs> um, as soon as you round that corner, you cannot tell that Hollywood Studios is behind you. No. There was only one time when I could see anything from elsewhere in the park, and that was the uh, Slinky Dog. There was like, we were waiting over by, I think it was by Savi's workshop, and there was like a little tiny gap in the trees where you could see the Slinky Dog come through. I imagine once those trees grow a little bit, you won't be able to see it at all. And it's very impressive considering like, you know, Tower of Terror's very tall and you know you can't see it at all it's on the other side of the park I mean, so it, it's it's pretty blocked it really speaks to just how vertical yes galaxy's edge is yeah it's it's, it's a very tall uh experience and, in a tr- and land yeah and that was one of the things i was you know wondering how they were going to do because you know you drive by it and you could see the spires but other than the spires there isn't really a lot of you know, vertical height, like in Diagon Alley, they've got like, it's it's built to be like an alley, you know, like buildings all around you. So it's very easy for them to block out the rest of the park. In this, they made it very interesting because like the back of the park is all of like, the back of the land is like the spires. And then around you, it's like, they've got trees and the way they built it, it seems like it goes like down in the middle and then up at the edges so you feel like you are inside of you know you're in this land and you can't see anything else Mm -hmm. i mean it's 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 remarkable like disney normally does a pretty good job shielding you from other parts of their various lands but there's always a sense that yeah something else is just right over there right but this is just next level. Yeah. You are so isolated from the rest of Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And that the- <laughs> it, it's that alone is a huge factor in creating the immersion. Right. And one, one of the funny things that kept happening was so there isn't a lot of background music, which I found, you know, I, I had heard and I was kind of disappointed when I read that because I was like, that was one of the things I was looking forward to most was like, you know, background music. But they pipe in a lot of nature sounds. Nature sound. And there's some source music. Yeah. If you're listening really carefully. Right. Like if you're in the bathrooms, they'll pipe in like the radio station and you can hear some of DJ Rex's songs from the cantina. Um But the one thing that kept happening was every once in a while, there will be a noises of a ship passing overhead. And you look up for the ship. Despite the fact you know that the Millennium Falcon isn't actually real. And nor are other spaceships. And even though you're hearing it, you know it's not real. You still Still look look up. up. Every time. Yep. And I, I mean, it's because we're our brains are trained like with airplanes and helicopters, like that sort of thing. Or even like at Disney, like if you hear a roller coaster or people screaming on a ride, you go look for it. So it's just it takes that your brain being trained to look for the sound. And like I, you and Andrew kept looking up everyone and you're like, <laughs> every time. The Imagineer does it. The Imagineer does it. So... <laughs> And he knows all the secrets. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, we we walked in, and the way they have it set up, where this the entrance where we were checking in was by the old ruins. Um, there's several different areas of the of the land. There's like the ruins, the marketplace, the first order, uh, the spaceport, and then the first order area. Um, the the ruins is where the rise of the resistance ride is going to be and that's pretty much the first thing on your left uh when you walk in currently now there's nothing there obviously and it's really interesting because it's very embedded in the environment like you can't even see there's a building behind it and, where the ride is going to and go. And we've driven past it. It is a massive It is a humongous building. building. We know there's an ad ad inside of it because we've seen the pictures of the construction, but you can't see any of that. Um, 
And it's funny because you would, I wouldn't have even realized that it was there unless Andrew had pointed it out to us right away, you know. Um, and a lot of people don't realize it's there unless they're up to date with like Disney and real, you know, know, oh yeah, another ride's coming out. Um, so the way they put that in with the environment was very, really cool. Um, you, there's an A-wing right when you walk in and then an X-wing further down. Um, and that was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. (laughs) Um, the, X, the X-Wing Chewie apparently will be around it every once in a while. Yeah, he shows up with uh, with uh, some resistance member to occasionally work um, on the X-Wing. Yeah, and they had you know they had photo pass people taking pictures, and so right away, um, one of the things they had stressed about Galaxy's Edge was that it was going to be immersive, that you were going to feel like you were on Batu, and not just because of the environment, but because of the interactions with the cast members. And immediately, immediately you get that. Like, we got in line to take a photo, and they're like, oh, can we scan your car identification card, you know? Would you like your ho- your hollow, uh, hollow, hollow photo taken or something? Hollow scan was what they called it. Um, and that's, you know, they were... Even, like, just cast members that were walking around were super into it and, you know, using all of the lingo that they had for the various lands. You know, bright suns is there for good day. And um, if you're there at night, they'll say rising moons. Um, Till the spires. Till the spires, goodbye. They'd ask you um, if you wanted your cargo slip uh, to take with you or in the bag instead of a receipt uh instead of like six dollars and 59 cents it would be 6.59 credits um just all of that sort of thing and it can be that can be something that can be really cheesy and it can be something that can be not everyone's super into but the key for it working is total buy-in by yeah. the cast members, and every one of them commit to the bit 100%. Yeah, and they could kind of, like, they they co- they were very good at seeing, like, how well you were, how much you were into it. Yeah. Like, if you were, like, not really responding, you know, they they would just be like, oh, okay, you know, and just have kind of, like, a typical interaction, but... If, uh, you, if you were playing along... Yeah, they uh, would... They, they'd absolutely keep right. going. Yeah. And I actually, it was funny, I've, I've read something about the, the training that the cast members went through um, for the land, and uh, there's only two situations where they, I, I don't want to say break character, but where they are not supposed to try to be immersive, and it's if there is a medical emergency or a lost child. So they will not even try to, you know, be immersive if you know if you're like having a heart someone's having a heart attack they're going to go over and help or if a child is lost they're not going to be like oh hello off-worlder child have you have you lost your young you know oh youngling have you lost your parental you know they'll be like okay where's your parents blah 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 yeah, yeah so so you know people were concerned about that you know they they know when to end the bit yeah if they need to but until that point, They're, if you're game, yes. they will take the bit as far as you want it to go. Yep. So and it was funny because, so we got in there, we took our photo, and then one of the first things I saw was the, the Coke stand. And I was like, I want a Coke. I'm That's all I want is I want a stupid Coke. So we went over and looked to look at the Cokes and the, the thing on the, the cooler on the right had Coke and Sprite. And I was like, oh, I was thinking to myself, there's no Diet Coke. That's what Brian drinks. And I'm thinking I'm thinking in my head, how do I ask the cast member if they have Diet Coke? <laughs> because I'm like, will they know what I'm talking about? Or will they pretend they don't know? <laughs> and then and then it was on the other side, and Andrew was like, oh, it's over here. I'm like, oh, okay, good, because I don't know how to ask that question. <laughs> and it was, it, it just kind of struck me as, this is really cool. <laughs> uh, so we bought our Space Coke. It was 
just like regular Coke, but like thermal in a detonator. thermal detonator. It was amazing. Uh, then we went to the marketplace area, which is where uh, they have a lot of the shops. And I was actually surprised that like the shops are very, they're not even shops. They're like stalls um, that are set up on both sides of the marketplace area. Like it's literally just like, like I can't, I don't know how to describe it other than like a stall that you kind of like step into. It, it, it has a very Agrabah kind yeah. of vibe to mm-hmm. it. But that's cool. And also like it's a shaded area. So it's really cool to just like stroll through. And, um, you know, there is, there is, so the land kind of makes a circle and the area on the other side there's like kind of nothing there. It's very empty. So if the if the marketplace is super crowded and you just kind of want, want to get somewhere fast, you can walk the other way around. Uh, I am. I was talking to someone today at work and they were saying that that's probably going to be where they have like queue lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the marketplace is really cool. That's where one of the restrooms are. Uh, I visited them very often. <laughs> <laughs> As a reminder, Nancy is pregnant. Uh, yep, and it was very hot, so I was drinking a lot of water. Uh, but the bathrooms are super cool. They're themed. They've got, like, instead of sinks, it's like a trough where you wash your hands. And, like, I heard people were complaining about the bathrooms being dirty. And I'm like, that's the bit. They're supposed to it, look it's, like that. It's fake dirty. Yes. It, it's perfectly fine and cleanly. It's like the cobwebs in the haunted mansion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's all it's all very cleanly. It just it's is made ju- to it's look. just very it's made to look very weathered and yes. worn. And it's awesome. And they have a water filler, water bottle filler with a Dianoga in it. <laughs> Disney, thank you for putting several of these water bottle fillers in Galaxy's Edge. And please put more of them throughout the please, rest of your parks. Please. I don't ask for much. We uh, do ask for that. Yeah. So we bought a loth cat from the animal creature stall. Uh, we, I'm sorry. We adopted a loth cat, um, which we still haven't named. We should name it. Bitey. No. That's, Chompy. No. That's... No. We have to think of a better name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we adopted a loth cat. Um, and then we looked at some of the other stalls in the marketplace, and then we came to, uh, the, I think it's Ronto's Roasters, Mm -hmm. which is the sort of, uh, takeaway stand. Um, there's like a pod racer engine in the middle of it, which is really cool. (laughs) So nothing's actually being cooked in this thing, but uh, there's, there's a giant pod racer engine overhead that's shooting... Uh, flame down onto a bunch of in-universe uh, meat. Yeah, and there's one of those um, droids that um, is in Jabba's palace where the uh, like the droid is torturing the other droid, and there's a droid there kind of doing the same thing there. <laughs> um, you bought uh, a Ronto wrap. Yes, it was it was very good. Uh, sausage and pork um, <laughs> in a slaw in a pita. And, appa- and apparently they have a breakfast version. Yes, as well. and they need to sell it longer than just ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah, take it to eleven because the breakfast version dispenses with the slaw and adds eggs and cheese to it, mm-hmm. which sounds delicious, and right. I would very much like it. But um, the regular lunch wrap was really good. I I also want to try. I we didn't get any last time but they have jerky oh uh, yeah yeah they have turkey jerky which uh, there's like sweet and there's also spicy so i kind of want to try it just to see what it what it's like <laughs> um i will say for just quick walk up that ronto wrap was actually pretty filling it was a lot of food mm, yeah uh they had a couple signature drinks there as well which i didn't which we didn't grab no. um uh there's yeah, there's there's three um, beverages. There's Tatooine Sunset, which is tea, lemonade, and 
melon and blueberry. There's Melo Run Juice, which I, w- I want to try. It's pineapple, lemonade, blueberry, cranberry juice, lemon juice, and desert pear. And then Sour Sarlacc, which is limeade with raspberry and spicy mango. Ooh, I kind of like the sounds of that last one. <laughs> I might have to try that next time. Uh, Yeah. Oh, they also sell black calf yeah. there. Um. <laughs> The nice thing about Ronto Roasters, though, is uh, it is shaded. Yes. And there They've are places some, to sit down. Yeah, they got some tables there. They said they actually were not there at the previous uh, previews, but and they added the, them. The tables that are there now look temporary. Yeah. Um, they're not They're not really weathered or themed like everything else there. So I'm wondering if maybe uh, they're just waiting for something from the props department yeah. to it, replace it them. It would make sense for them to have... Like more themed stuff, and then also like down below in the like clearer part to yeah. also have more tables because it's going to be so crowded they need to have a yeah. lot of tables. Um, so that's like the main marketplace area, and then you get to the spaceport, and you turn you you exit the Rontos Roasters, and there is the Millennium Falcon. And uh, that was that was really one of the first major moments I had. Yeah, you kind of just stopped in place, and I was like, "What? What are you doing?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's why." <laughs> There's the Millennium Falcon. I we knew it was there. Yeah, but nothing prepares you for seeing it full scale. Yeah, just to turn a corner and like there she is. Seeing the X wing and the A wing. And even the First Order tie, which is we'll talk about later, those were impressive, but a little less so because we've been to, like, celebrations where they've had those props in the exhibit hall as, like, photo ops. You know, we've we've gotten our picture taken with an X-Wing before. And, it, like, not to sound, you know, oh, I've, I've done this before, but it's just, you know, you know, we've had that experience that oh my god look it's real but not so much something, the millennium falcon something the size and it's life size something the size and the scale of the millennium falcon and something that just goes back to 1977 and it's and it is like full size it's not like it is a one-to-one scale it's not like you just see the front of it and then like the back is embedded in the building it's all there like when you are walking through the queue of the ride you are walking behind it and you can see every little they there is there is no force perspective trickery going on with it it's just a spaceship in the land the only force perspective is that you know you go on the ride and or you go in line you're not actually going in the falcon that's there you're going on the ride which is in a different place, but you are definitely made to feel like you're going into the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Hello, cat. <laughs> Hello, Maz just jumped onto the desk. Yep. Um, but we, we got another photo op there. Yes. Um, because, of course. You have to. They will have a photo op. They have several by the Falcon. Yeah, they have up they, top and then down below. They have several different angles you can get photo ops in front of the Falcon, and don't it's great. Worry, don't worry. <laughs> um, and yeah, that nothing will prepare you for seeing it. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about the ride itself later. Um, the next thing we did is we uh, went over and went through the Droid Depot. We didn't build anything on this trip. No. Um, but uh, the droids, are, the droids are really cool. Uh, they're little backpack sized, and they're Bluetooth enabled and interact with things in the land, and supposedly also interact with other droids. Yeah, and there's three different types. I think you can get there's like re- resistance, first order, and then like smuggler. Or so they kind of they interact different ways with the land and with each other. Yeah. So to be clear, there's more than just three droids. You can customize yeah, yeah. All, all, all of these droids, but you can get different personality chips yes. that go in them. Um, so, yeah, I, I I, really do want to build one of those at some I point. Def- I, I, I want to as well. They look, they look really cute. Um, so the way the land, like I said before, the land is like a circle. So when you 
you know, see the Millennium Falcon, and then you go to your right, and there's the cantina. Um, you go a little further down, there's the First Order area uh, that has this tie that uh, is very imposing, and there's, like, a stage there, so I believe there's going to be a some sort of show uh, there's a there's a theme, the first order themed store which we did not go in uh, because boo first order <laughs> but I'm sure we will eventually um, and we were told that that is one of the entrances to the land in Disneyland um, but we only ha- Disney World only has two entrances yeah. so there's speculation that that is eventually going to be the entrance from the hotel that yeah. is uh, ex- uh, exclusive to uh walt disney world right so that would be really cool um so you kind of go around the corner there's the there's like the droid depot there's also a little area where there's like a bunch of droids just like as scrap there's lanterns that are droid heads which is the coolest thing (laughs) those are the coolest light pieces i have ever seen uh they're the hollowed out droid heads just suspended above you serving as light fixtures i want them to sell them uh there's uh oh the 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 milk stand we can't forget that where they sell the blue milk and the and the green milk i got the blue milk with rum and it was quite delicious I did not have it, uh, Especially because it was super freaking hot, and this was a very cold uh, sort of smoothie-type <laughs> drink. Yes. Um, then you kind of go around to sort of complete the circle, and there's Savi's workshop, which is where you build the lightsabers. Um, and then you kind of – you can either go back up to where the marketplace is or go further around to, like, the main entrance. Um so after that, we were uh, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Um, we were able to get a reservation for Savi's and also for Oga's. So we had a little bit of time to kill while we waited for the Savi's reservation. So we went to Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. There is so much cool stuff there in is. there it might it might be my favorite store it is there it is very cool it's uh doc ondar is the ithorian who uh runs the store and he's kind of got one of everything <laughs> uh the conceit is that everything at the store is you can purchase but of course it's you know prohibitively expensive to purchase everything on the walls uh but that's the that's the conceit uh you can buy holocrons there kyber crystals they have some art they have robes uh jedi artifacts sith artifacts pretty much everything you could want um it is a very small store and when we went the first time it was very very crowded and i just wanted to sit down (laughs) Uh, so we, uh, we left to, uh, have a snack before our, um, lightsaber building. Uh, we did that. Um, we were not planning to build a lightsaber, Mm -mm. but you really wanted to build one. And, um, Andrew and his girlfriend, uh, were also going to build one or his, his girlfriend was building one. So they let you, you know, bring in a guest. So we were like, well, Okay, we'll build one. <laughs> um, and it was worth it. Oh. I'll let you describe it since you you built you yeah, built it. <laughs> um, I yeah, again, we weren't we weren't planning on doing this. No. Um, but this is actually hard because I don't know how much I want to spoil of it because it was such a magical experience. Yeah. Um, I posted videos on my Twitter um, because I figured if people wanted to be spoiled, they could spoil themselves. And if not, they didn't have to watch it. <laughs> um, but it's if you've done I've never done all of Anders at, at Universal, so I don't can't really compare. But that's the comparison I've heard, except whereas one person gets chosen in that experience to get the wand this everyone is get building their lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are four uh, there are four sort of themes you can choose from as far as your lightsaber goes. Um, I selected uh, what was it? Peace and justice. Peace and justice. Um, which... I'm building it up right. I'm I I have the 
a picture of the card. Oh, perfect. So there's uh, Peace and Justice, which is salvaged scraps from fallen Jedi temples and crashed starships in these Republic-era designs honor the galaxy's former guardians. And these are very classic very lightsabers. Classic. And this was the one I went with. Uh, power and Control, originally forged by dark side warriors, this style features rumored remnants from the Sith homeworld and abandoned temples. So obviously that's the bad guys. Um, elemental nature. This theme embodies the force and energy created by all living things like brylark trees, cartusian whale bones, and rancor teeth. So that's more of a nature uh, lightsaber if you're into that. Rancor tooth lightsaber. There's an interesting jump from Legends. Right. Uh, and then protection and defense. Hilt materials bear mysterious motifs and inscriptions that re- reconnect users with the ancient wellspring of the Force. So this is kind of like Old Republic yeah. era. Very classic and fancy looking. Um, they're, they're, they were the probably the most ornate of, yes. the, uh, of the possibilities. And the way it's really interesting because you get a pin um, for e- each each of the categories has a different pin that they ask you to wear and you think oh it's cool they're giving me a little pin um but it's actually to identify you because all the lightsabers have different parts so the people who are working in the experience can just bring you the proper parts without having to ask you and break the mm-hmm. immersion. So it's actually very clever how they do that. <laughs> yeah, so we're all funneled into the workshop and uh, there are something like 12 um, workstations. Is it 12? I thought it was more. I thought it was like 20. Okay, it, it, it might have been it's, more than that. Yeah. Um, and you're greeted by, um, I've totally blanked on the character's name. I don't remember the character's name. Well, he, he's one of Savi's Savi's employees. Yes, basically, um, he's not Savi himself, but not Savi himself. But uh, this character is a storyteller. Yes, and they talk about uh, they talk about where the stories behind lightsabers, um, about the Jedi, uh, about Luke Skywalker and Rey. Um, and it sounds silly, but it's presented in such sort of a an around the campfire kind mm-hmm. of feel that it just gets to you. Um, and then, then, uh, then the uh, other cast members in there start bringing you your tray of components. But before at, before that, you're prompted to select a kyber crystal. Yeah, and that. That was a really that was a really neat moment. They have you close your eyes, imagine all the colors, and then dial in on one. And then when you open your eyes, uh, someone is holding a someone is holding this um, this uh, container of crystals, and each and all of the crystals are lit up. So you choose the color that was in your mind's eye, and I chose <laughs> purple, and I set it down in front of me. Then they bring out uh, the components for the uh, theme you selected. Yeah. And the, the, the station where you are, how they have the station is really set up neat because they have in front of you, there's like a raised thing for, that's designed for you to put the hilt on when it's finished. And then next to it is like a little indentation to set the kyber crystal in. Um, and then next to it is a, is another station where you you put the hilt in when it's time to forge the blade so it's really cool like they have it set up so like it's it's like a real workstation and not just okay you just put it on the table like there's a there's a place for it yeah it's it's ceremonial (laughs) so um you're the tray comes the tray of components comes out in front of you and you're told uh you'll you um you're there's one sort of central piece that everything works around that you set the crystal into the first thing you do is you take that chassis and you insert your kyber crystal into it. And as soon as it's in there, the crystal lights up. It's really cool. And you can spin it around. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how they tell you, you know, it's in right if you can spin it around. Yeah. And then you start choosing uh, other components. So you're told to select uh, two grips. 
and there's a total of four you can choose from. So you select two, you put it on, you lock it into place. Then you select an emitter. I chose one that looks like uh, the hero's lights, the hero's uh, lightsaber blade emitter. Uh, then you select a pommel and put it all together. And then you set it down in front of you, uh, this completed uh, hilt. And uh, the storyteller tells you to take a step back. Because they're going to attune, what did they say, attune yeah. your, uh, attune the blade. Yeah. And I was curious about this. How are they going to attach the glass, uh, the glass uh, blade, yeah. colored blade, yeah. without totally breaking immersion? And holy cow, did they find <laughs> a super clever way to do this. They did. Um, so as you step back, uh, the cast members take your, take your uh, lightsaber hilt and there's this sort of round out rounded outcrop to the right side mm -hmm. of your workstation and you don't pay it any attention because you never had any need to but there's an opening at one side of this uh, round outcrop and they stick your hilt in there and attach I, it to the I blade I think they might even do it from the bottom like the, from underneath the table because, like, they come, they they draw your attention away. Mm -hmm. So I want to go back because I want to pay attention to how they do it. But they draw your attention away. So, like, the cast member, I kind of notice as the cast members come by, they kind of, like, reach in to sort of, like, it's like you, it seems like they're feeling the lightsaber. But I think what they're actually doing is attaching the hilt the that is underneath or, you know, on the other side of the table that you can't see. So... The way I saw it uh -huh. was, um, and I think this is how it works. Before you're ushered in, they place uh, they place a blade under at each station, at each station mm. under that covered outcrop. Uh, okay, and then they just come in and in that opening, put the hilt into it yeah. and attach it to the blade to the yeah. blade that you can't see yet. Right after they do that, uh, you're prompted to step back up. Place your hand on the hilt and mm -hmm. activate it, and that curved thing just lights up mm -hmm. the color you selected, and then it comes then it then open. it swings open, and you see your blade yeah. fully ignited, and you can pull pull it out. So they've cleverly hidden it away from you. Mm -hmm. Use a really clever narrative conceit to attach these two components yeah. without breaking immersion, and then. One other thing happens that I don't want to spoil because it made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very emotional. Uh, I was not, I wasn't expecting it. No. <laughs> and it's kind of cheesy, but also really emotional. <laughs> it is, it is cheesy, but again, it comes back to the thing where it works because the cast members are just going right. all in yeah, on the, this the, bit. Yeah, the cast member who was playing that that role was really He was, was really, really good. good. I got to look back at what time we were there so I can send a cast member yep. compliment email. I've got the video timestamp, yeah, so just, <laughs> I can tell you exactly when. Uh, the, the storyteller we had was really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then, uh, then the uh, experience is over and they give you this really, actually, really nice... Um, padded foam back. carrying case yeah with it with a strap so mm -hmm. you can just strap put it on your shoulder yeah um and they ask you to they ask you to put it in the bag so that the first order doesn't see you and it's a clever way to get people to not have it out around the park and not just because they don't want people like you know swinging it around but also because oh if it breaks that kind of sucks yeah because <laughs> it's $200. Yeah. Um, um, very worth it. Pricing-wise, though, $200 for a lightsaber of that quality is actually a pretty good deal. Um, uh, similar ones will go for anywhere from $150 to $200 by, uh, on their own, but here you're also getting a quality lightsaber that you can later customize after when you get other components for it, mm -hmm. uh, and you're getting the experience on top of it. So it's a weirdly good deal for a Disney experience. And so the... The material that the hilt is, what is it like? What kind of material is that? Like, is it more metal or plastic? It's or? more metally. Okay. Uh, have you have you held it? Um, just like once or twice. I haven't. Yeah, really. I mean, it's more metally. It's there's a lot of heft okay. to it. Yeah. 
Uh, because, so it, it definitely does not feel cheap. Right. And they sell hilts in Doc Ondars that are um, the, the they call I was I could hear the cast member talking about them who was helping the people. And it was they were talking about how these were the lightsabers of the legendary heroes like Luke Skywalker and, you know, whatever. And these were these were the stories they grew up with. So, like, that's kind of how they you know, sell those. But yeah, th- so those are just the hilts, and those were like $150. Yeah, so the hilts by themselves were like $135, then it was 30 to 40 more for the blade. So at that okay. point, another $30 gets you into Savi's for a custom lightsaber. And an experience. And an experience. Right. It's, a, it's a surprisingly, shockingly good value. Yeah. It is. Um, so, I mean, after that, uh, what I would say is if you're going to splurge on any one thing at Galaxy's Edge, that's the thing I would splurge on. Um, and I, I cannot wait to bring friends there and watch them go through it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so Savi's. Great. Highly, highly, highly recommended. Uh, so after that, um, one of Andrew's uh, friends and co-workers actually was able to get us a reservation for uh, Oga's Cantina. Yeah. So we went over to Oga's after that <laughs> and got to hang out with DJ Rex. It was very cool. Um, right now they have restrictions. Uh, they're restricting you to 45 minutes, although it's not really like they don't have a timer set up there. It's really like... They, it's limited to two drinks. So pretty much once you order your two drinks and, you know, pay, then you're kind of like, all right, they expect you to leave. Yeah. But, you know, our, you know, our, sir, they're, they're very busy. So it takes a while for the drinks to come out. So, you know, you don't feel super rushed. Yeah. Um, you are seated. The, the seating there aren't is there's booths around the, sort of edge of the cantina. It's very much like the Moss Eisley Cantina where there's those booths. Um, there's tables, high top tables where you can stand and then there's the bar. Uh, you will be put in with other parties um, at the high top tables and you will most likely have to stand. So be prepared for that. Um, there is no age limit for the cantina so you don't have to worry about like, you know, if you want to go there and you've got little kids. It's fine for them to be there. There was there was a lot of kids I saw yeah. there. And that's also fine because they serve some great non-alcoholic drinks. Right. Obviously, I cannot partake in alcoholic beverages right now. So I got a java juice, which was very fruity and delicious uh, with uh, wart eggs, which I did not partake in. <laughs> they were just boba. They were just boba. But it was funny. They're like, how are your wart eggs? Um, And then uh, you all got several... Well, not so. The the two beverages. Yeah. <laughs> you got... Uh, I got the Bad Motivator IPA. Um, I'm totally forgetting the brewery uh, who did that one. I think it might have been Sierra Nevada. So mm-hmm. uh, if you know Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada makes really good IPAs. This one was no exception. Uh, it was... I think it was about 8 ABV, 50 on uh, the IBU meter. Uh, but no, nice... Uh, just a nice solid IPA. Uh, the second drink I got was a fuzzy tauntaun, which is a pineapple-y alcoholic beverage. But what's interesting is the foam on top of it. Um, <laughs> the reason it's it's it does something to your lips and your tongue and gives it kind of a staticky <laughs> electric feel as you're uh, as you're as you're having the drink. It, it's really interesting. It's probably I'd say it's their signature alcoholic beverage um the one i'm gonna try next time though is uh the jet juice which is mostly bourbon yeah <laughs> uh the theming in there was really really cool yes um and uh, obviously we all know that dj rex uh was recovered from some sort of a crash was repurposed uh, from Star Tours to be a DJ, and uh, yeah, there are some v- there are some very funny throwaway lines harkening <laughs> back to Star Tours 1.0 in right. there. Um, our our server was awesome. Uh, even even the servers are in character. Yeah, kind uh, of surly, a little cranky, mm-hmm. but you know they they're still 
doing their job. You know, they just they're in character very mm-hmm. well. <laughs> no, and uh, Caitlin was uh, the server we had, and she was she was fantastic. Um, very it, it it's you can't go to Galaxy's Edge without stopping no. into a cantina and getting a drink. And and the way the bar is super cool. Like every once in a while, the power goes out and they have to bang on. I think it's like a hyperdrive. No, it's a it's a motivator. Oh, motiv- they'd have to bang on it to get it so to work the, again. The entire bar every patron claps. starts clapping along faster and faster as they're banging on it faster and faster. Yep. And no, it's uh, it, the theming there is great. It was so it was unfortunately so crowded. I didn't really get a chance to walk around no. and look at stuff. Um, but yeah, the cantina ambience, spot on. Yeah, and um, they, just so you know, the drinks are pre-made. Um, they all are, you know, come out of their own tap. So it's not like the ki- type of bar where you can go up and ask for something like made heavy or made, uh, you know, light on this or light, you know, you, you can't like leave out ingredients. So just so you know, if you're, uh, you know, more set like me there's definitely drinks i'm not going to be able to try because i'm sensitive to yeah certain well, alcohols <laughs> within the parks this is something they have to do because there is a policy i think it's like a, one or two shots max yeah per and drink. also it's it's so crowded they yeah. can't have the bartenders mixing all the drinks that would take forever yeah no that's uh that that's not gonna happen yeah. But the taps are really cool. <laughs> they are really cool. Uh, I don't. I didn't see which beer it belonged to, but one of the beers had uh, a tap that was a carved out wood that was three porgs standing yeah. on the top of each other. I think that was the Cliff Dweller, maybe. Might have been, yeah. <laughs> um, and a bunch of them are like uh, pulls from like an IG yeah. droid. It's, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, so we did that. Um, after that, it was... A little later in the afternoon, we had tried to go to the quick service restaurant, which is Docking Bay 7, earlier, but the line was so long that we just had a snack instead. Um, But around that time, it was like around 2 o'clock, and I needed food (laughs) very bad. Thankfully, the line at Docking Bay 7 was non-existent, so we went in, um, ordered right away, and the restaurant was very empty, so we could you know sit down and linger and not have to worry about you know crowds um the food there was really good um we had the fried andorian tip yip which is basically chicken uh with a sort of vegetable mashed potato thing and a green curry yeah. sauce underneath it i could have done without the curry sauce but I everything like else was very good and then roasted shack or shack roast. Which was a beef pot, pot roast. Yeah, pot roast. Uh, on top of kind of a vegetable, vegetable slaw. Vegetable slaw. Um, and some gnocchi uh, or some some sort of pasta. Um, that was really good. I like I liked both of them. Um, we got we got each and sort of shared, which I wouldn't mind doing again because they were both pretty no, good. No, yeah, I liked both of them a lot. Yeah. Um, you got the Gold Squadron Lager, which came out of a joystick. <laughs> yeah, so the gold, the tab handle for the Gold Squadron Lager is a flight stick uh, that has Gold Gold Squadron written on it. It's a, it, really <laughs> clever. Um, it's a very it's a very fruity, very refreshing lager. Uh, and yeah, that one you can also get at Ogas, but this is one that's available uh, also at Dock Seven. Um, also because we're in Hollywood studios and not Disneyland, they sell alcohol at the other areas of the land, not just in the cantina. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Advantage. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the two, the two food dishes we got were really good. It's, uh, it's very Satouli canteen over at Pandora kind of vibe, uh, more of an upscale quick service, uh, quick service. Yeah. And the, the theming the atmosphere is really cool there's a lot of cool things on the walls and the tables are really like you know themed well um there's an outside area that's really cool um definitely would want to sit there when it's a little cooler outside um but yeah all in all it was a really good meal and i definitely like it and would like to go back um after that um i think we went and dock Oh, no, we went on Doc Anders later. Um, after that, it was finally time for you all to ride Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run because there was no line. 
<laughs> that is, this is my favorite cue ever. Because <laughs> you're going through, like, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, maybe like a, I don't know what exactly the first part of the cue is. It's part of like, a hanger. Okay, yeah. So you're in the hanger. As you're walking around, you know, you're walking up like a ramp and you are walking behind and around the falcon so like if you're stuck in the line for an hour like turn to your right or your left and there's the millennium falcon you know it's pretty awesome um so you go through the line we pretty much didn't really have a chance to look at anything because we didn't have to wait in the line um and then you get to the part where hondo recruits you for a job and that was basically where it took 10 minutes to walk to that part and then we were we were ready to go on the ride. So Hondo sends you on your journey. Uh, you go inside. You get an assignment. It's very much like Mission Space where you get, you know, your job. Um, and then you go into the Falcon. It's the Dejaric table. Yeah. You actually, like, stumbled and almost fell because you, like, you go in and there's, like, that that corridor that you all know. And you were just like, holy crap. <laughs> um, and I, I went along the first time because I wanted to see the line and I wanted to go in the common area. Um, now, the common area is actually really cool because they, so you, you get into the area with Hondo and that's one sort of pre-show. And then you go into the next room where they assign you your roles. And um, then you get like a boarding card. And th when you go into the common area, they'll call for your your crew. So they'll be like, okay, white, white group, uh, you're up. Um, and that's how they, you know, cycle people through the ride because it's basically like a turntable is the way i understand it how the cockpits work mm -hmm. um so like you were like in mission space you can see all the other pods but this is you can't see anything there's there's one way to the cockpit and that's where you are but as you are in the ride you get moved over to the exit <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so that's really cool and the idea is you're all holed up in the common area waiting for your turn but while you're there you can look around and take pictures and oh my god you're in the falcon it's so cool except when there's no line you basically get called right i know away. i was actually bummed they funneled me in so fast because i wanted to sit down at the yeah. jar table get a selfie there uh look around a little more but now i'm they sure just, we'll get that chance yeah yeah but no they just brought us yeah. right in so i stayed behind because i was not riding so i sat at the table and i looked around and then i went back through the chicken exit mm -hmm. um so if you are you know if you are not wanting to go on the ride or if you have people in your queue who are too small to go on the ride yet or you know you know have motion sickness whatever they can definitely go through the queue and and leave before it's time to ride yeah it's no problem um, you can talk about the actual ride. So Andrew told me that for my first ride, I had to be the pilot and I had to sit in the right hand seat mm -hmm. for one reason. That seat gets to pull the hyperspace lever. And that is the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did you cry? I about lost it. <laughs> I, I didn't know how much I needed that in my life. Aww. But, um, yeah, you take off from Batu, and, uh, you get, it does a little intro thing to get you familiar with the controls and all of the button inputs. Um, and then you get into space and a green light flashes, prompting you to pull back on the hyperspace lever. And just as soon as you do that, you launch it into hyperspace. It's incredible. Um, the... The ride itself plays out kind of like a quick time game where uh, you're you're prompted to uh, react to things happening and to things flashing in front of you. Um, so in the right hand seat, I had control of up and down um, left hand pilot seat had control of left and right. Uh, the gunners 
uh, the gunners had various different controls and the engineers had various different controls. Second time through, I went through as a gunner. Um, but, uh, wow. Um, you're, you're charged with stealing some coaxium. And depending on how well you hit those quick time events, how well you manage to dodge, uh, dodge obstacles, how quickly you can dispatch TIE fighters before they shoot back at you, uh, determines how much damage the Falcon takes. And at the end, you get a rundown of, okay, you made this much money by stealing this much coaxium. <laughs> but it's such a Honda thing. Yeah, but uh, I'm taking this much out of your cut because you brought the ship back damaged. And then uh. when... Then when you leave, depending on how much damage you did to the ship, there's sparks. There's a different amount of sparks that might be flying in the hall. It's so super That's clever. That's funny. Uh, just ridiculously clever. Um, so yeah, we rode that twice. The second time I went through was a gunner. Uh, shot down some TIE fighters. Shot down some what TIE I fighters. I did. I <laughs> did. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to ride it again. Yeah. I can't wait to ride it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what's what's crazy to me though is that ride is so much fun and there's so much technical innovation to it and that's still not the marquee attraction. Nope, it is not. We're not going to see the marquee attraction until December. Yep. <laughs> and yes, uh we 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 have no idea what's going to make it so special. No, I they've really been very secretive about it. <laughs> the, the secrecy around it. That is definitely a ride I, I want to go in blind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but we'll get us a little bit of a sneak preview uh, next month. Yeah. September 23rd, I believe. I think 29th. 29th. Um, uh, Doogie Hauser, what's his name? Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris uh, is hosting an event or a special on free form with uh, Michael Keegan Key um, to, uh, preview. to preview. Yeah, they go, they're going through Galaxy's Edge and then they are also having like a preview for the Rise of the Resistance attraction. Did I say Michael Keegan Key? I meant Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> Sorry. You I'm got not, all the names right, just eh, in the wrong order. Just in order. the wrong order. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so after that, there was, so there was really no one there. Like earlier in the afternoon, it was, it was packed and I was actually sort of feeling like I wanted to leave just cause it was so crowded and so hot. And I was like, I don't know how much longer I can deal. And like the fact that like, th like that was what I had feared of the crowds, you know, and like, oh my god, it's going to be like this all the time. It's going to be awful. But everyone kind of left um, later in the afternoon. And the way the preview was set up, they asked you to arrive between a certain time in the morning, but they didn't have any end time that they were making you leave. Um, and they did have another cast member preview that night from 5 to 9. And so until that time... They weren't letting anyone else in the land. So once people left, it was cleared out. And, like, we have pictures of us in front of the Falcon, and there's no one else in the photo. Um, and it's not, like, forced perspective or anything. There really was that few people around. I have a picture that I took of the tie, and there's literally no one around it. Um and so we kind of walked around again. We went into Doc Ondar's where it was not super crowded <laughs> um, and kind of like completed the circle again. And at that time, I was like, I'd hit my limit. Um, Andrew and his girlfriend went to build a droid. Um, I do want to build a droid, but I was like. I have to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> My feet were so sore and it was so hot and I was just dead. And it actually was good timing because that was when the Wa next wave group two was coming in. Was coming in. So we uh, we got a popcorn in the mouse droid popcorn bucket. We bought some trinkets from the toy store. Bought and myself a deck of sabak cards. Yep, we bought a little uh, sort of wooden toy for our baby and then we headed out and that was our like 
seven-ish hours at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I mean, it's high praise. That's the longest we have spent at the parks in a long, in age, long time. Like, I mean, I think back in February when we went to Magic Kingdom might have been the last time we've been in there for that long. Um, and, like, I've heard people say, oh, Galaxy's Edge isn't a full-day experience, you know. It's, it's just a few hours, blah, blah, blah. And sure, those people might not be huge Star Wars fans like we are. Um, and you do have to spend money to do all of the experience that they have. But, like, you can, if you just go to the cantina and buy, like, a drink, um, go on the Falcon, even if you just wander around. Like, I didn't go on the ride. So, yeah, one of the, but, best, one of the best things was just wandering around. Yeah, um, interacting with the cast yeah. members. So I'm walking down the stairs towards the Falcon, and uh, another cast member just kind of is skulking behind me and says, taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, hey can, can you look around the corner? Do you see any stormtroopers coming? Yeah. So I peer around, I tell him the coast is clear, I kind of signal coast is clear, and then he just kind of uh, scurries past me, shoulders ducked low, right. uh, heading towards one of the cast members only areas. We had several uh, cast members just come up to us to ask about our Lothcats that we had adopted. Um, they gave us little carriers for them that looked like cages. Um, and there were several cast members that commented and they're like, oh, did you adopt a creature? And then some people were like afraid of them and told them not to let them out. Uh, we saw the stormtroopers several times that, you know, they came around uh, to harass people. Um, we saw Ray, didn't interact with her, but we saw her a bunch. We saw Chewie. Um, we saw Vi. Vi Marathi recruited us to the Resistance. Yep, she came over to recruit us to the Resistance, see if we were, you know, what we could offer. Late, later, I had a conversation with her with her about how dumb the stormtroopers were. Yep, and it's, a, it's amazing. Like, they... You know, this is that's how Disney used to be with the roaming characters and stuff. Um, and, you know, now they have photo ops. Um, but this is more like they don't have a set time to meet the characters. They're just around and interact. You can you can take photos with them like if they'll stop with you. But, you know, it's really like. They're just they're just there and you mm -hmm. can just chat with them. And it's it's really, really cool. Like it it inspired. Apparently, you can also just ask one, any one of these cast members, hey, what's your story? Yeah. How are you here? Yep. And they've all got backstories. I didn't do that. I should no. have. We can, we'll can. we be well, back. <laughs> well, I want to do that next time because I also want to, I don't know, kind of craft a character and a story for myself right, to yeah. use while I'm there. Right. Someone asked about our loft cat and I said, oh, I hope they get along with my earth cat and like i just thought of it right away i'm like my earth cat and they're like oh you're from off world i'm like yeah i'm from off world and they're like oh nice <laughs> you know that sort of thing i mean it the whole thing just makes you want to get in character yourself yeah. and they are gonna have something on the disney app where you can play with like interact with different parts of the land and stuff and apparently if you have it set to like transmit on bluetooth um, you can, like, the way people interact with you will be different based on, like, how you do on the ride and how you interact with characters. Like, even if you're checking out, like, they'll be able to see, like, on their display, like, what your reputation is, sort of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's very cool. Um, there's just so much thought and care crafted into the land. Um, you know, it's really frustrating because I've heard a lot of stuff recently about how it's a failure and, oh, why did they create a new land that no one knows? And why don't they just build like the planets that we all are used to and we grew up with? And I'm like, I'm going to laugh when Batu shows up in Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. I know. Well, I mean, it's already shown up in books. There's an entire book set on Batu. That's coming out soon. Um, I I will eat my hat if Resistance does not end up there in season two. Um, and if it's not mentioned, at least, in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but, like, apparently they were considering doing, like, oh, just building, like, a Hoth ride or, like, a replica of the Mos Eisley Cantina, which would be awesome, but then they decided, no, they want to do something very different and make it super immersive. And, you know, you can't really do that with the lands and the movies. Um, 
And like the great thing about Batu is right now it's set during you know, between episodes eight and nine. That's sort of the time frame. They can change that mm-hmm. anytime they want without having to change the land. They can just like sort of change out some of the, you know, shops and stuff, and they can just evolve this as time goes on. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be back there next Wednesday. Yep. Um, I was talking to one of my coworkers today, and he said you have to go back at night. It's a completely yeah, different experience. Yeah, that was experience. actually one of the reasons why I booked the time. So you had to sign up for the passholder preview, and I I was trying to find one that still had Ogas because they were going fast. And then I was like, I want to go at night because I want to see what it looks like at night as well. Yeah, um, from what from what my co- coworker told me is it's it's a totally different experience. Yeah, uh, and which. Uh, give some revisit value to it. You oh, should yeah. go in the day and at night. Uh, so I cannot wait to compare it to that. Um, yeah, so next Wednesday, we'll have a status update on what it's like <laughs> at night. Yes. But um, overall, uh, it isn't even fully finished yet. And it's already just this magical experience. And so much love has been poured into it from the designers to the Imagineers to the face characters to to the cast members so so much love is into it there is so much buy-in from everyone and so much just enthusiasm for it it's hard it's infectious it's hard to it's hard hard to not want to be in character yourself when you're there it's as close to being in star wars as you are ever going to get and i cannot wait to go back i agree yep I can't right. wait to take our kid there. I know. I know. All right. Shall we wrap that up there? Yes. Okay. Hey, uh, this special episode has been brought to you in part by uh, you, our Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash Tashi Station. $1 level gets you into the Patreon exclusive Slack uh, where you can talk to us about Galaxy's Edge and all sorts yep. of other things. Um, Twitter, uh, you are Nancy Pants, Nancy with an I. I am Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Uh, this show, uh, this episode will be featured on TSR, uh, at Tashi Station, and Mouse Droid, at Mouse Droid Show. Uh, so it'll be in both of those feeds. Uh, it's the same episode, don't worry. Um, again, thanks for listening to another episode. We had such a blast at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, thank you to Andrew yes. for inviting us. Yes. Uh, we had an amazing, amazing time. Yeah. And we cannot wait to get back there and explore even more. Yep. And uh, also looking forward to seeing what Rise of the Resistance oh, is going to yeah, be. Yeah, right? All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you all next time. Till the spires. Till the spires. Till the spires.